You are listening to Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are listening in. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Tuned In Radio, Stitcher Radio, and you can find us on our website also. We're on all five, uh, six rather, podcast platforms. I am Rick Thomas. You can find me at rickthomas.net. If you have a question for me, please go there and ask, and it would be a pleasure to serve you. I have an interesting podcast for you, uh, the Your Daily Drive podcast. This one here is the one where I put my article content in audio format so that you can listen to it or read it or both. But this podcast probably could be to with to or with some people it could be alarming. You will be alarmed when you realize how much Facebook is similar to pornography. Now, don't turn me off yet. This is an important podcast. And it's really important for those who don't use porn. Everybody else, especially lonely people, people in marriages that are dissatisfying, people who procrastinate, people who are discontented with life. This podcast is for you, and it will help you, and I I hope that it will bring, I hope the Spirit of God will bring conviction and will motivate you to make some changes because social media can be redemptive. But I think we all can agree that social media can be dangerous as well. And Facebook is one of the most dangerous because it's the most popular. As I said in another podcast, if Facebook were a country, it would be the largest country in the world. Now, you may be aghast at the idea of pornography and those who use it. But the sobering truth is that Facebook can be a subtle and deceptive substitute. And so that's the idea I want to share with you, and I'm going to jump right in it. But I do want to share a comment that one of our readers left uh, in the past several days. She said, her name is Liz, she posted this on Facebook. She said, okay, now you just need to stop, Rick. I'm beginning to think you have the transcript of my life somewhere. Then she comes back with, I'm only kidding, of course, but this one and the one from yesterday, she's referring to two different articles, were as close to my life as you could possibly get. And then she goes on to share more of her biography when she was in her 20s and 30s and now 40s. Well, Liz, I just want you to know that We don't have a video camera in your house, and no one has written me and told me about you. But I share that. It's been a while. I have received that email before. One lady asked me if I had video cameras in her house because the content closely resembled her life. I didn't know the lady, have no clue where she lives, and don't know anything about her. But I do find it satisfying that the resources that we provide daily and weekly, year in, year out, that they do resonate with people. That I find satisfying. And so, Liz, 
if you could adjust that camera in your home, that would help so I can get a better shot. I'm only kidding. I am only kidding. I don't know you either. Don't know where you live. Don't know anything about you. But I am glad. And I appreciate your humility. I appreciate your willingness to persevere through the resources to find help. I'm glad that God has connected you with our ministry and that you are getting some encouragement, conviction, some ideas on transformation. That is exciting to me. So thank you for your humorous, but also this it is serious too. And so thank you for writing and for commenting. If you want to read this podcast, the article and the podcast, they're the same. And you can find a transcript, the article on the website. And it is titled, Seven Ways Facebook is Similar to Using Porn. Recently, I was doing some research about social media. I think I spend about half my life, if I'm not studying biblical things, Christian things, I spend about half of my life studying the other side of our ministry. And a good portion of the other side of our ministry has to do with social media. And so as I was doing some research recently, hoping to learn how to do it well, a part of my research took me to an article. The title of the article was Four Things You Thought You Knew About Social Media. I read it. I found it interesting, and I gleaned many good things from the article, things that I can and, and am in process of applying to the business side of our ministry. But I began reading the article through a discipleship grid, which is the only way that I read anything that's secular or anything that's not Christian, I run it through a biblical hermeneutic. And so I did that with this article. And when you do that, and I recommend that, by the way, uh, it helps you to grow in discernment. It helps you to grow in learning how to apply things. And so my discipleship mind kicked in as I rolled through the following few paragraphs. And I want to share those paragraphs with you. There are four of them. It's a bit of a lengthy quote, but I, my entire podcast here is built out of this quote from this secular uh, article on social media. This is what the article said. And by the way, it is linked here, so if you want to read the entire article, you can do that. But four things you thought you knew about social media, they said, a more recent study published in August found that people who had used Facebook tended to feel less satisfied with life afterward. The more they used it in the time between contacts, the more their satisfaction dropped. It turns out that the way people use social networks can lead to completely different results. Most people who use Facebook spend most of their time lurking. They use it passively, scrolling through their news feed. This kind of activity leads to envy, loneliness, and loss of life satisfaction. Those who used Facebook actively, on the other hand, saw the opposite result. Those who engaged with content, left comments, and used the chat feature tended to feel better after using the platform. What does all this mean when we put it together? And the final paragraph from this article the way that most people use Facebook leads to the most negative results. Most people are using Facebook to pass the time 
and entertain themselves. This kind of passive use, in turn, leaves them feeling less emotionally satisfied afterward than they did before. And as I read that, my mind began to, my discipleship wheels in my mind began to turn, and and I came up with what I've titled this podcast to be, Seven Ways Facebook is Similar to Using Porn. I was reflecting on what I was reading, and it reminded me of something that I've seen repeatedly in counseling, the effects of pornography on people. You could substitute the word pornography here and say the effects of Facebook on people. And I was enlightened. These ideas from this article gave me a new connection, Facebook and porn. That's the connection. The more I thought about it, the more it became apparent how Facebook could become the, quote, new porn for today's culture. And so I went back through the paragraphs from the article and I pulled out the similarities between the use of Facebook and the use of porn. And there were seven of them. And I want to walk through these seven ways Facebook is similar to using porn. Number one, passivity. Porn is not active engagement with another person. Porn is not about the other person at all. Porn is about a person satisfying himself or herself with what he is looking at on the screen or in a magazine. This concept is key to this discussion here about the similarity between Facebook and porn. If a person's purpose for Facebook is not about engagement with others, there is a built-in hook that could grab them. If you kick your brain into neutral while passively scrolling through feeds to kill time or to fill a void, well, that is one of the biggest attractions of Facebook. Facebook is set up to capture the lonely and dissatisfied heart. Like the voyeur surfing the net in the basement, the tempted Facebook looker does similarly. It's easy. It's private. It appears to be safe. It does not require much. Passive engagement is not okay for any soul. And so the first similarity between Facebook and porn is passivity. The second one is dissatisfaction. Porn never satisfies because it's not meant to please biblical desires. It is like soda in that it does not quench the thirst but stirs a desire for more. Using porn to fill the eyes and the heart leads to insurmountable dissatisfaction. Ecclesiastes 1.8, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. You can never satisfy your eye or fill your ear with hearing, and the more you use it, the more you must have it, and the more you have it, the more dissatisfied you become. It's like an entry drug. You begin with an innocuous amount. As you continue, you will have to escalate your usage rate. Eventually, you will not be able to control it. What Paul said in Galatians 6.1, you will become caught. That's an addiction. If, this, this is the operative word, if, Facebook is being used to kill time or to fill a void, It will not only leave you dissatisfied, but it will uncover deeper dissatisfaction levels in your soul. 
And as this article suggests, you will be worse off after using it than before using it. And so the first similarity between Facebook and porn is passivity. The second one is dissatisfaction. The third one is detachment. Disconnectedness is why porn leads to increasing relational detachment. The life you see in the porn world or the Facebook world is not your real world. When you come and then when you come back to your real world after an escape, through porn or Facebook, the reality of a disappointing life confronts you. I talked about this in my article, How Can I Compete with Cyber Women? A regular problem with some women as their husbands are caught in this addictive pornography behavior, this heart problem, this heart addiction, and then they begin to see how can I compete with cyber women? Well, you can't. Your real world is no competition to the world you see in Hollywood, porn, or even in the lives of those on Facebook. If this kind of trap on Facebook tempts you, your best life now, the best thing you can do is get rid of it. Like porn, if Facebook does not mature you or grow you redemptively, it would be wise to heed Jesus' words in Matthew 5, 29, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. Amputating non-redemptive habits applies to anything in our lives. If the use of something increases relational disconnectivity, it's wrong for you. A miserable person may get their fix on through Facebook, but it will not solve the riddle of their misery. There is a gospel for this kind of need. And so point number three is detachment. Number two was dissatisfaction. Number one was passivity. And my fourth point, and by the way, they aren't in any particular order, but my fourth point is lurking. Porn is a vicarious life, living your life through someone else. The porn user wants to be the person acting in the video. The porn user wants to have what she sees on the net. There is no authentic engagement. Porn is not about engagement. It is passive. It is vicarious. If you use Facebook passively, be careful. You may be a lurker. Point number four, lurking. Isn't this the lure and trap of the rich and famous? We want what they have. We look into what they have. What about the man who's tired of his wife? Will he be tempted to find something better through porn? or through real-life adultery. Men are not alone in the Facebook temptation. In fact, I think, I don't have statistics to prove this, but it could very well be true that women are more vulnerable and susceptible to Facebook. The woman who is worn down by her life or frustrated in her marriage is easily tempted to use Facebook as a means of escape. Point number four, lurking. Let me introduce just a few questions here to get you to thinking a little bit more about this, and then I will go on to five, six, and seven. But here are four questions for your consideration. Number one, will you have an honest discussion with your spouse or a close friend about your Facebook usage? We had this a brief conversation two nights ago in our small group men's meeting 
one in one of the men in the small group said that he was cutting out all of his social media, and we talked about that briefly. I thought it was a fantastic idea. Will you have an honest discussion with your spouse or a close friend about your Facebook usage or other social media usage? Number two, how much time do you spend on Facebook? Number three, what is your purpose for Facebook usage? Uh, one of the small group members asked me, he said, Rick, you're on social media all the time. Well, actually, that's kind of true, kind of not true. I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I would say that 95% of all my time on social media is me pushing the gospel out, pushing out our content, pushing out our resources. I do not have time to spend on social media looking at streams or looking at people's lives or doing this, that, or the other. And so Facebook is a redemptive venture for me, and apart from that, I really don't have any use for it. And so question number three, what is your purpose for your Facebook usage? Number four, do you engage Facebook from a redemptive worldview, or are you a passive participant looking for entertainment? Seven ways that Facebook is similar to using porn. Number one, passivity. Number two, dissatisfaction. Number three, detachment. Number four, lurking. Number five, envy. You can almost predict what would happen next. Based on what you have heard thus far in this podcast, jealousy and envy, competing cousins, will show up in your heart and begin a tug of war, and you will be the loser in this war. Porn is an easy temptation in our society. We want what we see. But no, we cannot have it. And even though we are aware it will not solve our struggles, we step into the trap willingly. Like Chinese handcuffs, the more you pull on it, the tighter it becomes around your heart. The progression goes like this. One, the more you look at it, the more you want it. Number two, the more you look at it, the more you realize you can't have it. Number three, the more you realize you can't have it, you, the more hopeless you become. And that's what it creates in your soul, hopelessness. You should never put anything before your eyes that would draw your mind from loving God and others most of all. If Facebook tempts you to envy or jealousy, the solution is just to click away. Or as Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful lust, run from it. Number, number five is envy. Number six is loneliness. The pornographer lives in an isolated and lonely world in his mind. The accumulative effect of everything that I've said thus far cannot lead him to any other place but isolation. The Internet is a private, passive world where the pornographer can do his thing and never be disappointed by real-world human beings. It is like getting lost in a video game or getting lost in a movie. You can enter the internet, and for a brief space of time, you can enjoy what you want to, regardless of what it does to your soul. This kind of self-centered thinking will begin with a process of pulling you away from redemptive social context, real human skin, people, social context. You'll become a loner even when you are with a hundred people. You will find your primary satisfaction on the internet. The World Wide Web will ensnare you, and it will become your drug of choice. 
you can apply the life of the pornographer that I've just described to you to some Facebook users or, or most any other allurement for that matter. Number six is loneliness. And number seven, entertainment. To be entertained is not bad necessarily. Nobody should go on a Facebook guilt trip after listening to this podcast. That's not the point of the podcast. Not to put you on a Facebook guilt trip. You should not do that. The sin is not Facebook activity. The sin is not necessarily a desire for entertainment. But we have to learn, you know, is it a weight that is dragging me down or not? Hebrews 12, 1 says, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, there are three ways for you to think about and work through the Facebook dilemma, if it is a problem for you. We see these three ways outlined in Scripture. I mentioned two of them already. One is amputation, Matthew 5.29. You may have to cut it off. A second one is mortification, eight, uh, Romans 8.13. Mortification is an old English word that means to make dead, to make it dead. And you may need to, to make it dead, what, what is going on in your heart. Suck the vitality out, the life out of whatever sinfulness is going on in your heart. That's mortification. And then the third one, which I mentioned a few moments ago, is Hebrews 12.1. You may need to lay aside the things that hinder your life. To limit or to lay aside does not mean the thing you are limiting is necessarily sinful. Food, TV, Facebook, they do not have to be sinful. It is only sinful when you use them sinfully. Sex does not have to be sinful. It is only when your desires for sex become porn-like. What I mean is, I want to get more than I want to give. And so you can use these things in your life for good or evil. Food, TV, Facebook, sex, you have that choice. But by all means, entertain yourself. Take a break. Enjoy those fun times. And by all means, do not sin when you choose to entertain yourself. The word amusement means without the mind. Muse means mind, and the letter A in front of it is a negation, and so it means without the mind. And with that in mind, I would like for you to be mindful of this. To amuse oneself is not necessarily bad, but you must know you are intentionally disengaging your mind when you do so. And so to amuse yourself is not bad, but just know what's going on. You're not using your mind. You're disengaging your mind. And, and so number seven is entertainment. And so you want to think wisely about that. Seven ways in which porn and Facebook are similar in no particular order. Passivity. Two, dissatisfaction. Three, detachment. Four, lurking. Five, envy. Six, loneliness. Seven, entertainment. And now those are the put-offs. I would like to use Paul's template in Ephesians 4, 22 and 23 and 24 and talk about put on. There is a way to find the things your soul is looking for without falling into the potential black hole of Facebook. 
And so I've taken the seven negatives that were pulled out of that social media article I referred to earlier, and I put them into two positive categories. Here's the put on. Here are two positive things that you can apply to yourself. One is satisfaction. Facebook can be satisfying. The author of the article said so. There does not have to be a need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's why I don't want you to go on one of these Facebook guilt trips. Facebook can be a fantastic tool if you use it for the glory of God, which is what our ministry tries to do. The irony is how our world thinks the things they do will satisfy them. Sex used wrongly will never satisfy. Facebook used improperly will never satisfy. To do it wrong will leave you broken and eventually empty and frustrated. But the Christian way is counterintuitive to self-destructing thinking and behaving. And so you can find all the answers that you need in life in the gospel, thinking redemptively. If your purpose is to use Facebook redemptively, your soul will find satisfaction and you'll not experience emptiness. You will feel a sense of reward and uh, gratification rather than feel worse after your time on the net. It was like that quote that I read earlier from Liz. I found it satisfying to know that we were using a social media tool to help a person that I may never meet on this side of heaven. That is filling. It is rewarding. It is gratifying. It is Facebook. And so the put on is to use it in a satisfying way. The second positive is engagement. The second put on is engagement. Love is a verb, as you have heard. A verb is an action word, as you know. And the action will either move you away from yourself and toward someone else, or it will move you away from others and toward you. But biblical engagement always moves you from yourself and toward others. If your love moves away from you, then you love others more than yourself. This kind of thinking is at the heart of the gospel. I'm talking about engagement here. God so loved the world that he gave. The love in John 3.16 is a moving away from God and toward the world. God so loved the world. And that's the way that we want to love. We want to emulate God. The Father's love always goes away from himself while motivating and moving toward others. If your thoughts about sex are for the other person rather than yourself, you will be okay. If your thoughts about Facebook are for the other people rather than yourself, you will be fine. The title of the podcast here in the article Seven Ways Facebook is Similar to Using Porn. I'm going to wrap this up and just ask you a few questions in addition to the ones that I asked earlier. But here are five things I would love for you to consider. Number one, what brings true satisfaction to your soul? Take some time. Reflect upon that question. If you can, it would be really good if you can talk to someone else about this. Not on Facebook, but really face-to-face. What brings true satisfaction to your soul? Number two, is Facebook, to some degree, a God replacement? What I mean by that, are you looking 
to, uh, to a Facebook to bring satisfaction when only God can bring true satisfaction and contentment. Has Facebook become that to some degree with you? Number three, should you get rid of it? Amputate. Should you set it aside for a time? Limit. That's Matthew 5.29 and Hebrews 12.1. Like my friend said in small group in our men's meeting, I'm just going to cut it out. Well, that may be the wise thing for you to do. Number four, what do you need to mortify, make dead regarding your social media outlets? This is more of an internal question. What's going on in your heart? What needs to be made dead in your soul regarding your social media outlets, your social media platforms? And then number five, maybe just a suggestion, but what about a Facebook fast? What about a Facebook fast? Perhaps that is something you need to do. You can read this entire article. I have uh, four other articles linked here, four of ours, one of another. I have five altogether. The article I was referring to where these ideas came from. And so there's a lot to read here, and I would love for you to share this with your friends. Facebook is not going away anytime in the near future. And Facebook spends a lot of time trying to figure out how to keep us on it more and more. And so we need to combat this. We need to be having these discussions. If you would like to talk to us, please come to rickthomas.net, jump on our forums, and let's chat. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.